you have a choice of how you're going to react. And uh, although, you know, there's the days you want to throw in the towel, you have a choice. Are you going to be negative or positive? Are you going to keep going or are you going to go take a long nap and, and give up? listening to Altered Stories with Michelle Renee Gutch. Do you want to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually with podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff. You can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com or the Access More app. Hello, Altered Story Show listeners. This is your Chief Storyteller host, Michelle Saunders-Gutch, and welcome to Episode 90, Lori's God Always Has a Plan, God's Story. Thank you for listening to my show that shares Christian women's God stories around the world and is part of the Spark Media Network and can be heard on the Edify app one of the world's most powerful Christian apps. And friends, here we are in October. And did you know that here in the United States, October is Breast Cancer Awareness and Domestic Violence Awareness Month, and that October 29th is recognized as World Stroke Day. In honor of this day, I'm bringing to the mic a very special guest, Lori Vober. And she was referred as a guest by Stephanie Roselli, who is the host of the Gospel Spice podcast. Thank you, Stephanie, for this referral. Here are just a few words about Lori. First, she is a walking miracle, friends. And you're going to hear more about why she is as she shares her God story. Lori and her husband reside in Goodyear, Arizona, but she considers Texas her home. She's a wife, mom of three adopted children from Columbia, author, blogger, speaker, and a graduate of the University of Texas in Austin with a Bachelor of Business Administration in Marketing. And she enjoys being part of women's ministry at her church, Desert Springs Community Church. Now, she's my kind of gal. Now, friends, let's get to know her better. Welcome, Lori, to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you, listeners. I'm so excited to be here with you today. Thank you. Well, Lori, is there anything else you'd like to share with my listeners about yourself? on a personal note that I haven't? Well, I appreciate that wonderful introduction. Uh, 
I've been married to my husband for 24 years now, going on 25. And uh, he is by far my, uh, what I say, my godly mate. Um, We have been through many life challenges, many medical challenges, many parenting challenges. And uh, um, it has definitely been a a life journey together. And, uh, but God has been uh, in the center of it. And I am so grateful for the faith that we have together, the faith we have um, um, individually, and uh, the journey that we're on. And, uh, uh, you know, as you said in your title, God always has a plan, and He sure does. Every time we think we have our own plan, He surprises us. And uh, He has made many surprises to me, especially with my medical journey along the way. Um, But uh, I have learned to keep my eyes on Him. And uh, the the plan uh, will work out uh, as long as we keep our faith strong. Well, those are very wise words. And Lori, as you know, I love sharing Christian women's transformational God stories. And today we are going to share yours, right? You're going to share yours. But before you share your story, I always like to ask my guests, their perspective on this, but why do you think we need to share our God stories? Oh, I think it's extremely important. We share our stories. We're vulnerable with each other because we can all learn from each other. And you never know until you um, are vulnerable yourself um, and then what you can learn from others. I have learned so much from other people's vulnerability and other people's um, stories and uh, uh, just uh, other people's experiences. Um, it's helped me grow as a person. It's helped me grow as a writer. Um, and so I so much appreciate it when someone else puts themselves out there. And so I hope to do that. And I, my goal is to use the challenges that I've gone through, the experiences I've gone through to help others and bring hope and encouragement to others because God really placed it on my heart um, that the challenges I've gone through is for a purpose. And that purpose is to help others. Yes, Lori, and I think so too. It's such a gift to share your story. And, you know, sometimes, you know, it's scary and it takes a lot of courage. Um, And sometimes sharing your God's story can strengthen your faith, I think. So, Lori, where does your God always has a plan God's story begin? Well, yes, I say my God story really probably began began on uh, the day of my my first major challenge, and that was when I was twenty nine. Um, I had actually a little before that uh, made a humongous. A job change from corporate sales. I was working for the airlines. My husband and I had been married almost five years. We were living in Minnesota and I uh, was actively uh, trying with my husband to start a family. We had been trying for about a year, had not been successful yet, but we were on opposite schedules. He was an aircraft mechanic at the airlines. I was on normal business days. And so because we were unsuccessful in our family planning, 
I was also the event planner and wedding coordinator at our church. So my church came to me and said, would you be at all interested in taking over as our office manager? And I thought, okay, maybe this is a sign that I need to take a step back from corporate America and uh, focus on our family planning. And this will be a great opportunity. So in January of 2003, I made this major uh a corporate switch. Um, I worked really hard on my corporate career. I actually moved from Oklahoma to Minnesota for my corporate career. And that's where I met my husband in Minnesota. And so I, as I was working at the church, it was three weeks into the job that I had my massive stroke. And so God firmly laid on my heart that I did not make this job change for uh, family planning purposes. He said, I helped you make this job change to save your life. Because if you had been at the airline still, you could have been in the air. You could have been a hotel. You could have been in an office building. So uh, that was the first part of my journey, I believe. It's just that I was in a more safe environment. Um, and it was out of the blue. It was called a hemorrhagic stroke. Only 13% of strokes are hemorrhagic erratic and it was caused by a malformation of blood vessels on the right side of my brain. I thought I was perfectly healthy. My parents had moved to Minnesota to be closer to us a year prior. So I called them and said, I'm not really feeling well, but I was not aware at age 29, the signs of the stroke, like I should have been called my husband. He was not aware of the signs and it wasn't until my arm started feeling funny and my left leg went numb and I fell from my chair that we called 911. I was unconscious by the time we got me in the ambulance and I had emergency brain surgery that night to stop the bleed. And I woke up 17 days later out of a drug-induced coma and life support, completely paralyzed on the left side. So I went from thinking we were going to start our family and just facing infertility, temporary infertility, to in the blink of the eye, our whole life being changed. I had to learn to talk again, eat again, sit up, eventually uh, stand, eventually walk. I had a second brain surgery to uh, remove the malformation so that there would no, uh, there would be no future strokes. And I was in the hospital for a total of two months. So everything just changed overnight. And I learned very quickly um, how to depend, how to really depend on God, how to really depend on your faith and how to go from just uh, a faith of being active in church and being in Bible study to what that really looked like in real life. Um, but but God, you know, God never leaves you or forsakes you. You know, he, he is always there through the good times and the bad. Yes. Well, that's just part of your story, right? But that's significant because that changed the direction of your life. It did. But then uh, two months after uh, my hospital discharge, uh, unfortunately, it was soon after September 11th. That's kind of our time frame. Uh, my husband lost his job uh, with the airline industry, unfortunately. So God was, you know, God was so good, though, that uh, he provided another opportunity for him here in Arizona. So we now live in Arizona. And at the time, we thought we were coming to Arizona for my husband's job. And although that was helpful, I now believe he actually 
uh, transplanted us to Arizona for my health because it got us out of the ice, it got us out of the snow, and it helped me with my recovery. Uh, my I had great care in Minnesota. However, they were under the impression, my therapists, that at that point, they did not know what to do with me anymore. And at that time, back in 2003, um, as many doctors still today believe, if you don't recover within six months, go home and be happy with where you're at. You will no longer recover anything. And that's where they were at. And at that point, I was sick. I was age 30 and I was not going to be happy just being in a wheelchair um, with with only half my body uh, um, able to be useful at that point. And I found an amazing, a brand new neurotherapy clinic here in Phoenix. I was one of their very first patients. Unfortunately, my brain started interacting with the scar tissue and I developed epilepsy. So we started having to manage seizures. But at the same time, I embraced therapy. It became my full-time job. And I was with a fabulous therapy team that really believed that the brain could be retrained. It's called neuroplasticity. And I almost uh, insinuate it's kind of like piano lessons. It's about repetition. Uh, uh, you just do millions and millions of repetition of the same activity in different ways to retrain your brain. And so for the next seven years, I made that my full-time job and I worked either at the clinic or at home six to eight hours a day. I was the youngest uh, member of Silver Sneakers at the local YMCA and I did whatever it took to get my independence back. That was my goal is to um, be able to get as functional as I could with my left uh, left side and to start driving again and to be able to walk again. And I can, I, I was able to achieve that goal. And in 2011, we decided to continue our family planning, uh, like we said at the beginning, and adopted three children from Columbia, South America. That is extremely ambitious, Lori. I mean, you were looking at starting a family and God definitely is very gracious to us. And I, I guess what I would like to know is why did you go with all three? I mean, was it because they were, you know, you, you were not wanting to break them apart and they were really, really close and at what age do you mind sharing that? No, I'd be happy to. Actually, the, they were six, eight, and 10. And the reason for three is both my husband and I are only children. So we always we always saw it. It's, it's one of those things, you know, how the grass is always greener on the only other side saying, we always felt lonely as only children and always thought it would be great to have brothers and sisters. Now, we didn't really understand what siblings were like because we never grew up with siblings until we adopted siblings. Now we understand that our idea of siblings and what siblings really are like are totally different things. So, um, you know, in hindsight is 2020, right? So I say we adopted with love blinders on and it's been an adoption journey of blessing and challenges, but God is the God on the throne through um, our highs and our lows. And uh, so um, he has the ultimate plan. And so although it's been a journey, um, you know, he has the ultimate plan and that's what I hold on to. But uh, uh, they were six, eight and 10 at the time. They are now eight 18, 20, and 21. My son is a senior in high school, and my two girls are out on their own. And uh, it has not been easy. 
I have learned a ton. Um, but I say that God has uh, given me uh, a, a perseverance and a positivity as two traits prior to my stroke and prior to my adoption that I will always be grateful for because it has carried me through my own medical challenges, our life challenges, through um, our job losses, our cross-country moves, and everything we've had to face as a couple. And it's also really helped me with our adoption and our parental challenges. And I say now at this point that uh, um, we have had quite a few challenges with the kids, but I believe it's because of traits that um, God's given me that I've been able to withstand those. And I look at things at this point um, that many times when we're in the journey, we do not see God's big plan and his purpose. However, when you're outside of the journey or you're moving um, beyond that part of the journey, you can look back and you can see so much of what his plans and purpose are. And I have learned to not falter in being short-sighted. I have learned um, in my maturity to keep my eyes on him and always look for the opportunities because he's always at work. You might not think he is, but he really is. And you never know what you're going through, how much that's going to affect someone else. Um, I was given the opportunity to start writing my story in 2021. Um, really, God impressed on me that it was time to uh, write my story. I'd always thought I might write a book that would be my stroke journey. And actually, my book came out. It's called Choices. When you're faced with a challenge, what choice will you make? And it really encompasses um, our whole journey. And one of my biggest messages is that life rarely turns out like we ever expected it would. However, uh, we all have a choice, whether uh, our challenges are big or small, uh, on how we're going to react to our circumstances. So it really turned out to be a book that I think everybody can relate to because I talk about our medical challenges, but I talk about our life challenges, parenting challenges, homeschool challenges. Um, we're very much a natural consequences parenting lifestyle. And so I talk about all that in my book. And uh, just as my book was being published, um, I, I decided in December of 2021, as my book was being published, I was going to pick a word for the year. And uh, God said, pick the word purpose. And so I picked the uh, verse Proverbs 19:21. Many are the plans in a purpose uh, person's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. And I thought, oh God, I know what my purpose is. It's going to be to publish my book and become a speaker and share my story. And then as my book was launching uh, in January, February, and I was uh, doing my Facebook group and doing all the marketing aspects, uh, I went to the doctor and uh, my doctor found a cyst. And uh, all the uh, tests came back that it was pre-diagnosed as ovarian cancer. And so my whole world was turned upside down. I was at the Cancer Centers of America and I published my book in March. I had a full hysterectomy and appendectomy in April. And luckily it was a benign cyst, thankfully. And so I am cancer free. However, my whole world was turned upside down and God said, you thought you knew the purpose and plan, 
But that wasn't the purpose and plan. It was so much bigger and greater. And so now that I recovered, I am a full-time volunteer at the Cancer Center. I have the amazing, blessed opportunity and privilege to work with cancer patients weekly, supporting them. And uh, I teach a creative writing class and uh, support patients and teach them that writing can be a, uh, a tool in their tool belt for their own healing journey from what I've learned. And if you had asked me a year ago, if this is where God would have planted me, I would have said, absolutely no way. But I have just learned so much about uh, keeping my eyes on him. And uh, so I just encourage everybody that uh, don't be short-sighted on what what God's plans could be. Um, Always just keep your eyes wide open. Yeah, I love that. Like keeping your God eyes on and trying to stay focused on that. You know, I mean, you, I'm sure had some really dark days. It's not easy. You know, there's a lot of emotions and and there's a lot of emotions. uh, You know, there's a a, still a lot of emotions uh, with uh, uh, the infertility and the emotions of uh, uh, family and uh, the stroke. And and, uh, it's not easy, but God also gave me the ability to really, I think with the stroke, uh, especially handle things with a physical level. Um, I always like to exercise a lot. And so he helped me emotionally get through the stroke um, by always thinking through, if I could just rehab hard enough, I will recover. Um, And I had not recovered, honestly, as much as I wanted. I mean, I do still have a disability. Um, However, I've gotten to the point that although I would love to still recover more, and I am still in therapy. In fact, I'm going to a therapy camp uh, in November. It's going to be a three-day, six-hour-a-day camp. And I still am working towards recovery. I have learned that part of my journey is having a disability. And part of my message in reaching others is having a disability. You bring such wisdom to the listener here, having come through all of these challenges and, you know, leaning and building your dependence on God through them. I mean, that's what I think makes our struggles um, worth it. It's like, you know, because, our, and it's hard when you're going through struggles like that. I mean, 29 years old to have had a stroke and have had a plan for a different life and, you know, never thinking that you wouldn't be able to have your own, you know, I mean, but God was so faithful and so gracious to you through that. You know what I'm saying? What choice do you have? You know, that that's that's really the the ultimate. Uh, it keeps circling back to, you know, you have a choice of how you're going to react. And uh, although, you know, there's the days you want to throw in the towel, you have a choice. Are you going to be negative or positive? Are you going to keep going? Or are you going to go take a long nap and, and give up? Yeah, well, and I'm sure that, did you go through um, counseling while you were going through I mean, it sounds like, you know, you've had therapeutic counseling, but did you go through like other types? Did you, did you have to go through marriage counseling or, you know, did you have to go through other, you know, types of emotional counseling through the journey? And I mean, were you in couples Bible studies where you had people rally around you, support you? And I mean, how, how did people come around you to help you through this journey? 
That is a great question. And the answer to it is absolutely no. And, and unfortunately, we did not. And we should have. And I am learning so much, Michelle, after the fact. You know, it's it's one of those things that I almost write, want to write another book that's I wish I knew what I know now that I wish I had known before, you know, there's so many things you don't know until you don't know. And uh, we didn't do counseling and I wish we had. And, uh, you know, we did have people rally around us. However, there's so many things that people don't understand. And unfortunately, adoption is one thing people don't understand. And medical is something no no one understands. People understand how to bring a meal. People understand how to help tangibly, but people really struggle with how to help others when it's an emotional issue or when it's something they don't understand. And that is why I am so incredibly passionate about coming alongside others that um, are on a medical journey. Um, not only am I a Bible study leader in person um, at my church, but I offer the same Bible study as a Zoom option for those that can't come to church and aren't physically able um, because they care for a loved one or they aren't physically able to come to church um, for their own own reasons, um, because I remember what it was like to want to connect and fellowship and not be able to myself. And I think unless you've been on that hard journey, you just don't understand. Tell us about your upbringing when it comes to your faith in God, because it sounds to me like you had been a believer and grew up maybe in a believer home. Actually, I grew up going to church um, and at Met in Methodist and Presbyterian churches um, throughout my childhood. Uh, we moved around a lot. Uh, my dad was in corporate America. And so I'd say every two to three years, we grew up uh, uh, moving along the East Coast. So I was always the child that had to make new friends. And like I said, I was an only child. So I got real good at making new friends. And it wasn't until we moved to Texas, though, that uh, I considered Texas my home only because that was the longest state I ever lived in. Lived there through high school and college. So that's why I considered it home. Um, but unfortunately, by the time we uh, moved to Texas, although I have a wonderful relationship with my parents and a very close relationship with them, um, by the time we moved uh, there in junior high and high school, um, I became the latchkey kid. Both my parents worked. And so I was. it was a lonely time and we were not going to church at that point. And those are the pivotal years you really do need to have your kids in church and a youth group. I did not understand um, what that what that was like until uh, my senior year of high school. I had a friend that invited me to church. Um, there was a church that actually was a Baptist church across the street from our high school. In our senior year of high school, she invited me to church. Um, I struggled, even though I uh, wanted to belong, and I was very uh, active in marching band at the time, had a lot of friends. Inside, I struggled with self-confidence. So on the outside, I was an extrovert, always pushed to be an extrovert. On the inside, I really struggled with the self-confidence and just felt like something was missing. And I think that was just from a lot of the moves, a lot of the unsettledness. And so it was when I started going to church my senior year and hearing the message that it finally clicked 
about a relationship with God. And that was the first time it clicked. Uh, I, I say that is when I actually became a Christian. I made the salvation choice at that point. Uh, I made the decision to be rebaptized in believer's baptism. It was the summer after my senior year, after high school graduation. And I don't know that my parents really understood why I made that decision, but they were supportive of me um, and, and supportive of my rebaptism baptism. I then went off to college. I went to the University of Texas, like we said, very liberal college. And I don't think I really put my faith in action in college. Um, I was part of the Longhorn Marching Band, had a great time. However, my faith journey really took off when I graduated college, became an adult, and I was on my own. And I moved to Oklahoma and I thought for the first time, okay, I have a choice. What am I going to do with this life of mine? And where am I going to make friends? And what do I want my life to look like? And that's when I put church first. That's where my friends started developing um, through church. And then uh, six months after living in Oklahoma, I took a job transfer to Minnesota. Uh, and that's when I met my husband at church and uh, uh, the rest is history. But uh, again, uh, just my faith journey took off from there. Yeah, I just love listening to the backstory too. So thank you. I mean, I'm not really sure what all's involved in your book, but it's kind of cool to listen to kind of your faith roots and kind of where, you know, your faith strengthened and, you know, how God just kind of worked in your life and brought you to where, you know, you needed to be for what he knew was going to happen with this stroke. I mean, and so God is such a loving God. Now, a lot of people might say, my gosh, this woman has come through so much. How can she be so optimistic and so positive? And, you know, so you really, your faith just shines through. And, you know, I think sometimes other people have a difficult time, you know, understanding that. But I do think, you know, it's your choice, like you said, of are you going to be bitter? Or are you going to be better? What are you going to do with this? Because we all have setbacks, right? We all have challenges in our life. And it's just what we do with those challenges and how, you know, we lean into God through them. And, um, you know, this World Stroke Day, can you talk to us just a hair about that? So, you know, how can we support stroke victims. I mean, if you've not been one or have anyone around you, how how can we be informed about, you know, how to just, you know, support stroke victims or to be aware of, you know, maybe helping someone or yourself who may be having a stroke? Oh, I appreciate that so much. Thank you for asking. Um, the first thing is just be aware of the signs. Uh, uh, they have an acronym called FAST, and uh, that stands basically for um, your face, your arms, your smile, and time. Time being, if you think that you are having a stroke, your face uh, uh, starts drooping, your speech, um, your, um, your arms, 
arms or your legs uh, go numb or you have any indication um, of these uh, of these elements, do not waste any time. Call 911 and get help. Uh, you know, it would be better to um, have a false alarm and get help than to not. And I am so sorry that I did not uh, get help a little sooner and that I wasted um precious hours thinking that I was okay. So that's first thing is just be aware of the signs because, uh, you know, it used to be that stroke was for the older generation. And that is not, you know, that is not correct. It could hit anybody at any time. Uh, and then the other thing is, is just, um, just to be aware, be aware when you're out and about. Um, I think just common courtesy. And that is the one thing about our world today is, you know, we've lost common courtesy, I think, you know, holding doors open for people, smiling at people, saying hi, saying, you know, especially even with the pandemic, uh, you know, we've gotten away from so many of the common courtesies, um, you know, be nice and uh, you just never know what that person could be going through and a smile um and a how are you could go a long way and so especially if you see someone that's struggling i just encourage um you to take the time to open a door help them uh i you know i can't tell you how many people have, you know, if they even ask me if I'm trying to put groceries in my car, that if they stop and say, hey, can I help you? Usually I'll say no, but just the fact that they would even stop and ask means the world to me. And sometimes people are just so much in a rush, they they don't even pay attention. So I think it's just being observant. Thank you for that, Lori. And I do agree with that. I think you know, we become desensitized, I think, sometimes to other people too. And you go about your own business and then, you know, until you're in the circumstances or situation, you don't seem to have the empathy for the individual. Not always, because there's a tremendous amount of empathetic, godly Christian people and even empathetic people that aren't Christians. I mean, you know, that care but, you know, I just kind of wanted your perspective on that because I want to honor those that have gone through strokes. And, you know, especially as we are, you know, bringing you on as a guest and you're sharing your story. You said you're still going through therapy, right? And, and so what are you, what is, what is it that you're still kind of struggling with? So there's actually two things. Number one, uh, my left uh uh, hand is an active assist to my right hand, which basically means that I don't have full function in my left hand. Um, so I'm still working on that. And even though it's going on 20 years in January, um, I still am avid, um, an avid researcher on new products. So in fact, this week, I just bought a new product for my hand that uh, is owned by a company um, that uh, it's called Sabo. And I've used their other product for years and years, but they just came out with a new so I'm going to start using that product and see if it will help me. Um, so, you know, it's never too late to try. And uh, like I said, I'm going to be going to a stroke camp soon. And I'm hoping that's going to 
kick off uh, some therapy for me and uh, um, and just continuing to work on my gait and my walk and uh, to get it smoother. And, uh, uh, you know, I just want to uh, continue to, as I progress in age, um, to be as stable and as independent as I can, um, both for myself and uh, for my husband, because I do know he worries about me and I am active um, and I'm independent and I choose to be active and independent. And, uh, um, you know, I think my family would be very, very happy if I didn't have this um, Energizer Bunny on steroids um, personality. If I would be happy just to stay home, that would make them very happy. But that's not my personality. So I drive them nuts. But at the same time, I would never have recovered if I wasn't the way I am. So there's two sides to every coin. So um, we just keep going. Thank you for being so authentic and sharing so much valuable information and perspective and your God story, your backstory, everything. Um, I know my listeners are going to be blessed by everything that you've shared and encouraged. And so in closing, Lori, I just would love for you to share some words, you know, around, you know, how people could reach out to you, how they can get access to your book and all of that. And then words for maybe those that are just struggling to with uh, having come through so many things and trusting God again. And, you know, any ministering words, including scripture that you might want to share there too. So I'm asking you a couple of things here, but I just thought I would throw those those last questions in. Sure. I appreciate that very much. So um, best way to find out more about me, more about my book and to get in touch with me would be through my website. It's at www.lorivober.com. On there, you'll find all my contact information, all my book information. Um, You can order my book um, with links there um, on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Walmart, or you can order um, signed copies directly through me. And uh, so that's that opportunity. Also on my website, I offer um, stroke resources and adoption resources, and you'll learn more about my story. So um, that's uh, the best way to get in touch with me. Um, As far as uh, words of wisdom, um, I just really feel like, uh, number one, if you are ever called to do something, um, even if it's scary, take that leap of faith, say yes, and trust in God, because you just never know what might be around the corner. So if you are listening and uh, God is giving you a tug on your heart to do something, um, do it scared. Um, because doing something scared is better than not doing it at all. And then if you have to take something one step at a time, it's better to take it one step at a time and keep moving forward. Don't ever give up. And just remember, God does have a purpose. He does have a plan. And even when you're in the middle of a very, very tough journey, and I get it. I mean, I have been in the middle of so many tough journeys. I'm still in the middle of a very tough journey right now. Um, And so I understand you might not see God, but he is there. He's got your hand and it might not be till you're out of the journey that you're going to see it, but he is there. So just don't give up and just, if it takes one breath at a time, keep going. Thank you so much for those inspiring and encouraging and ministering words, Lori. And friends, we will also have this episode available to listen to on our website 
And until the next show, friends, be heard and be healed. Altered Stories Ministry is a faith-based, nonprofit, and women's evangelistic storytelling ministry located in Overland Park, Kansas. If you enjoyed listening to today's story, your family and friends would probably benefit from hearing how God works in the lives of women all over the world, too. So please, subscribe to our show and share the link to this podcast. Share it on your social media. We also welcome your valued feedback on our stories. Also, we'd appreciate your prayerful consideration in sponsoring one of our future God-glorifying stories and welcome your tax-exempt financial donation. To find out more on how you can support our ministry, you can log on to our website at www.alteredstories.org. 